reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Be careful then how you live uh, as unwise people and as wise, making most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father in all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord.
So what we just heard is perhaps the most provocative thing Jesus has said so far. He tells us that he is living bread. That if we eat it, we will live forever. And the bread is himself, his flesh. Scandalous, unbelievable, offensive with its implications of cannibalism. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me. It is mysterious and terrifying, really, if you think about it. In my church back in Princeton, there was a little boy named Bobby who would come up to the for communion with his chubby little hands crossed and he would put the bread in his hand and he would eat it up. But when you came by with the chalice, he would go, No blood! Not the blood! So I always laugh when people say, I don't want my kids to take communion because they don't understand. I actually think the kids are the ones who understand. It's the rest of us um, that are often a bit lost. So Jesus lived, Jesus lived among real people as a real person. And so he experienced even for himself our creaturely need to eat. It is, of course, one of the things we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. He experienced the joy of eating together around the table. There are so many stories in Scripture about him Eat. And I think he must have just liked to eat and drink with his friends. And he saw the transformation of people who were on the margins in his day when they were invited and included at the table. He understood the connections that are made when people eat together. How important and equalizing the experience can be. He saw the possibilities for real communion, real fellowship, real love when we gather to eat. When we share a meal, we often share stories, too. The intimacy of breaking bread together, eating food prepared by loving hands, encourages a level of trust and vulnerability we might not find in other settings. You all hosted those dinners for me when I first arrived because you just knew that we would share more and get to know one another more easily over a meal. So it makes some sense that Jesus would leave us with commands to remember him in this way, the way we do here every week, eating bread and drinking wine. Jesus tells us to do this in remembrance of him. A memory of the person who came to live among us as one of us. So we do it. And most of the time, we really like it. But it is too easy here in this beautiful church, I think, to forget the radical nature of what he commands. The bread I give for the world is my flesh. He gave his literal life so we can eat. And not only eat, but live. Live in a new way. This bread we eat is costly bread. Many of you know, I spent the last nine or ten days um, out at the Chautauqua Institution, and the theme of the week there was forgetting, memory and history. What have we forgotten about our past to our peril? I told Becky last night, I really thought I was going to get on the plane in Buffalo yesterday morning, spend an hour and a half flight, pulling together my thoughts and delivering to you a sermon encapsulating everything I learned. Boy, was I naive. It's going to take me weeks, perhaps months, perhaps years to really process everything I learned and everything I heard. So here's just a few little, little snippets. One of the, one of the people I heard speak is a woman named Clara Esther. 
And on April 4th, she was at the Lorraine Motel. She heard a gunshot and watched a man die. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed that day for his radical message of a dream for beloved community. The bread of peace and racial justice is costly bread. Poet Drew Dellinger reminded us that we are all connected to one another and to the earth. He said that Western culture has forgotten this deep truth to our peril. Here's an excerpt from his poem entitled Hieroglyphic Stairway. It's 3.23 in the morning and I'm awake because my great-great-grandchildren won't let me sleep. My great-great-grandchildren ask me in dreams, what did you do while the planet was plundered? What did you do when the earth was unraveling? Surely you did something when the seasons started failing, as the mammals, reptiles, birds were dying. Did you fill the streets with protests when democracy was stolen? What did you do once you knew? The breath of life, life of our fragile planet, our fellow creatures, our neighbors, that bread is costly bread. Patricia Warren, the president of Kent State University spoke publicly for the first time about how the university seeks to heal the wounds from that deadly day when police opened fire on college students who were protesting the war. 48 years later, the pain is deep in that community still. The bread of freedom is costly bread. Jesse Jackson, Joan Brown Campbell, Yo-Yo Ma, Brian Stevenson, Peniel Joseph, Abby Smith Rumsey, Reverend Irene Monroe, Bishop Jean Robinson, and those are just the people I remembered at 7 o'clock this morning. It was an amazingly rich and powerful week. It will take me a very long time to digest and process all that I heard and experienced into any kind of coherent message. But I do know this. The living bread Jesus offers us in his flesh and blood is not an abstract concept. I've heard from these real flesh and blood people who offer their lives, their minds, their gifts as living bread. Some of them, like many of you I'm sure, have stories of tremendous sacrifice. And in the case of Martin King, the ultimate sacrifice of his life. One of the things we don't really do at this table, because we don't use right one in here, but at 8 o'clock, every other week when the stars align, we use right one, prayer one. And there's a line in there that is lost to all of the other prayers, I think, which is a real shame. We say, and here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee. I lay my hands down on the table when I say those words. We are called to the table to eat and drink of Jesus who gave himself for us, who feeds us and sustains us with his body and blood, so that we 
can do this for each other. So we become like him, filled with the Spirit. So we become bread too, offering ourselves as food for the hungry, offering ourselves as loaves of justice, the fragrant bread of truth-telling and reconciling love. Which bread are you? What bread is on offer through your life and ministry? What bread do we offer here in Trinity Church to our broken world? By definition, it needs to be costly bread. The bread of our whole selves faithfully and courageously offered. Jesus says, the bread I give for the world is my flesh. Costly bread indeed. Thank you. 
Joan, Susie and Ellie, Kirsty and Edie. Are there others? Have compassion for all who suffer from any grief or trouble. We pray for the departed, especially Barbara Bouquet. Are there others? Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now confess our sins against God and your Go around the pond and touch the pond while we reconsecrate it. 
Thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In me are buried with Christ in 
by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I join 